0: Well, all you had to do was write down a number and you wrote three. (laughs) Combination of three and five, simply stunning. And you wagered Texas with a dollar sign in front of it. I'm speechless. Mr. Reynolds. Yeah, don't bother, I didn't write anything. Good work, all right. Finally, Mr. Connery, the category was numbers and you wrote a letter V. Well I tell you what my friend V is a Roman numeral so despite your best efforts you answered correctly. Let's see what you wagered. suck it for back
1: All right everybody welcome back to another week of Muskies on tap. We're going to be bringing to you Michael Hansen here tonight. We just had a great interview with him and uh, he was back on episode. I think it was 21 back in September of 2023. Uh, If you guys want to check out the first time that we had him on, he's got more of his background and guiding info, you know, tonight we just kind of riffed about late season stuff Show seasons, you know, Bates looking forward to, I think we even touched on opener, which is pretty crazy to think about, uh, this, this, this podcast will come out on February 1st. So already onto the second month of the new year, but before I get any further ahead, let's introduce the other hosts on here tonight. We got two other Mott crew dudes here tonight. Let's, let's first introduce max Menti,
0: pleasure to be here tonight gus i uh <clears throat> always uh enjoy talking to michael so hopefully you guys will enjoy that interview had a great time riffing with him about some musky fishing a few pretty uh pretty interesting topics tonight that we covered a few nice little uh little nuggets um i know you know you guys are headed to a road rules seminar on saturday down in mo's so that'll be good for you guys to link up and put on those presentations i'm sure they'll go great so but i think what i'm most excited about here tonight is to have our uh have our golden boy back after a nice little hiatus a little rest week a bye week if you will he was out (laughs) in the golden state of california living Mm. it up uh so brian how you doing tonight back with a nice fresh tan you're looking good looking rested you ready to go tonight
2: i am fired up to be back get out of that gloomy 70 and sunny weather in cali you know i didn't (laughs) think i would ever go to california just not a whole lot there piqued my interest um but i will say i was pleasantly surprised san diego was very nice i had a great little trip out there this past weekend um that sun and that heat man suck coming back to that 40 degrees cloudy foggy I mean, it feels like we're a long way from spring, but uh, felt good to get some sun for a little bit. But yeah, excited to share this interview with Michael, with you guys. Um, you guys got into a little bit of ice fishing this past weekend. What went down there?
0: <laughs> we were on the Norwegian beach real quick. I don't want to pivot here too quickly. I mean, any long walks on the beach in Cali, fall in love with any long, <laughs> blonde haired gal, like well, what was going on out there? Do you have a good time?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a little business trip. Kept a professional, kept a little profesy. Uh yeah. Couldn't take any too long of walks, you know. They probably think I was lost. Um, so yeah, had to uh, stay in my lane a little bit, which was fun. It was good.
0: That's good. You didn't get in any fights, any hippies or anything like that. You kept. It sounds like you stay in your lane.
2: No, I keep my distance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: had a kid (laughs) yeah we were uh we were on the ice uh this last weekend um had a great time had a big crew out on saturday and friday night gus my dad and i got out um to do a little bit of fishing too so it was a good little day and a half i was happy to make it up there and um for whatever reason gus I i don't know what was going on i think i saw it kind of across the board on instagram and facebook and whatever but felt like a lot of big fish were caught this weekend did you do you kind of share that same sentiment
1: yeah i uh i definitely agree it was finally i mean not finally i mean the warm weather went from stupid cold to now you know above freezing but the warm weather definitely brought a lot of more a lot more people out on the ice the ice conditions were pretty good a little slushy uh plenty for us to bring snowmobiles out but uh No, it was, it was great. You know, we had the full moon. I think, uh, I think some of it might have to do with that. And I think a little bit, uh, I was actually out a few times, like as it warmed up or like those first days of warming up and it wasn't great. So it might've been just like the stable weather, full moon, people were just catching Mongo fish, you know, big crappies, big walleyes, big pike. Uh, Max got his PB, Walleye. you just shout out yourself? <laughs> 27 <laughs> you incher. Whoa. Twenty-seven incher. Which I mean, there's gonna be some people out there like I've caught a 31 and three quarters. And I mean shout out. We ain't uh, shout out to those people. We ain't we ain't walleye guys, so to us that was uh incredible for an inland Wisconsin lake. Uh that same night we We took a few walleyes home for a fish fry uh, that we would later do on Sunday with the fam. Uh, Didn't quite catch enough for that in total, so we kept a pike on Saturday. We put a pretty good hurting on quite a few pike, Max. Uh, We fished a little bit solo, you know, just, or not solo, just the two of us before that big crew made it out. Sounds like they uh, turned it up a little (laughs) late the night before. They might have been hurting a little bit in the morning. We <laughs> we saw we're just them. doing some
0: scouting for them.
1: Yeah, we saw them around somewhere between 11 and 1 p.m. You know, the next day. <laughs> so, But yeah, they showed
0: still up. out. Yeah. They showed
1: up, and uh, we smacked some pike. Our boy, uh, our good pal Trevor, Trevor Barber, he got a beast of a pike, a 39-incher. I mean, it, I Shut think we up. got shout out we got 39 in the tape but you know we're not great tape measures on the ice with those
0: uh retractable tape measures so i I love how jeremy was like "Man, when you guys laid down that tape i was just praying it wasn't gonna hit the 40 inch mark so i didn't have another thousand dollar taxidermy bill yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so i think we could have squeezed a little more out of it it was a it was a pretty sizable fish for that neck of the woods you don't see uh too many you know upper 30s lower 40s pike it's at the you can't catch right. them they're definitely up there but you know it's not a kind of few you and far between and yeah you don't
1: get them every day i mean we we don't ice fish a ton but uh on these inland lakes we don't really see that too often you know it all depends on kind of where you're fishing but sometimes we've seen not really i mean we have pulled some we pulled some damn big pike out of lakes. We're like, where did that come from? You know, yeah. it's not always like fishing. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, we had a blast there, you know, it might take a little backseat a little bit. This weather's, I don't think concerning for like horrible, horrible ice conditions, but you know, I'm not, I'm not jonesing to get out really, you know, all the time, you know, that was a great, that was really that was that was just a lot of fun to, to to get some fish on the ice you know it was kind of a rough rough start to the uh, ice season as everybody knows but uh enough talking about the ice season fellas how about it we get on the interview with michael hansen here now and and bless the listeners with a great interview we just got done with sounds good All right, guys, here on the line, we got Michael Hansen, who we talked to, I believe it was in September. And if I was doing my homework, I would have looked up the the episode number, but he is from the greater Hayward area. I believe if I'm not mistaken, Michael, it's Namakagan area guide service. Is that correct? Uh,
3: (laughs) Namakagan.
1: Namakagan. Namakagan. Yeah, jeez. After all we've <laughs> learned you spell from the Chalam last again? one, um, maybe. I can. not <laughs> I'm not going to right now live, but I need mean, to learn what name next
3: year before I become a local.
1: Can embarrass yeah.
0: myself. Have you ever? Have you guys seen the video that has like people from outside of Wisconsin trying to pronounce Wisconsin cities? <laughs> yeah. yes. yes. Yes.
4: Great. <laughs>
0: Pretty solid. <laughs>
1: well. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Michael?
3: Oh, I'm doing great. Just uh, had a short little trip out on the ice. I've been trying to bang some walleyes on new areas. Uh, I think that was like my seventh time ice fishing though this year, so I don't want to sound like I'm too hardcore. But uh, yeah, now I'm just at home relaxing, just had some homemade chili. Ooh, yummy. And uh, live, living the dream, I suppose, waiting for this ice to melt.
1: <laughs> it might be uh, sooner than we think. <laughs> potentially
3: yeah. this is absolutely crazy and i feel bad for all the local businesses but to not hear snowmobile this year has just been like unreal i've been I'm walking sure. out there too it's just been like mm-hmm. nice just get back to your roots and like not hearing anything and
1: it's good exercise well good yeah. exercise <laughs> i've done that i've done it a few times this winter walking out to places like a half mile or so and whoo you gotta you gotta take off a few layers before you start walking, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, it's definitely good for you. For all the standing we do in a boat. I, I mean, yeah, we're active, but I don't think we're that active.
1: <laughs> no, no. We, we we try to think that we are, but you know. Um but anyways, for, for people who aren't really ice fishing and stuff, we can do a quick plug, Michael, of the uh road rules event that we're both speaking at and doing a seminar uh coming up this weekend this will come out on the february thursday february, the, the second or the third <laughs> uh the first and then the road Rules event will be on the third two days later oh saturday sorry. or yeah yeah so yeah so the the podcast thursday morning february 1st road, road rules event february 3rd saturday i believe it's 10 to 4 at Sportsman's Repair Shop in Mozanee, Wisconsin. And uh, I will be speaking, and Michael will be speaking. So I'm looking forward to that. What, uh, be, uh,
4: it'll
0: be what's fun. The topics? What are the topics, you guys? What's the topics of your guys' presentations?
3: Max, do you want to lead it off on this one? Or Gus, excuse <laughs> me?
0: <laughs> oh,
1: um, sure. Uh, I am going to do mine on... Popular. So it's going to be on techniques that you can use with very popular baits. Uh, I'm not going to give it away because it's going to be for the people going to the events, but there's a few very popular baits out there that I use just like anybody else. And I feel there's some techniques and mods, a little bit of mods, not too many in those that can help people put more fish in the boat. And I'll go through anything from what you know, typical rods and reels they use with them to when and where like weeds or rocks, deep or shallow spring, summer, fall. So that's what I'm diving into. Uh, what about you, Michael?
3: Nice. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, like, I'm going to talk about maximizing your time out on the water. Um, especially in Northern Wisconsin, a lot of folks that come up here are like the serious anglers are going to be up here maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, yes, you do have people that come up here for weeks at a time, but typically if you're coming up here at a week at a time and you fish for muskies, you probably are coming up here with your family and you're going to do other things. So for the limited amount of time that people do get to come up here on a vacation and fish, I want to talk about maximizing your time as much as possible with uh, techniques, baits, presentation, boat control, um, so on and so forth. So
1: yeah that's uh that's fairly important because there's a we got a lot of lakes in northern wisconsin and some people get a little overwhelmed if they're just coming for two and a half days and they want to get on a pattern you know so getting them on getting them in the right track i feel like is is really important and just maximizing time that's that's a big one i'm looking forward to listening to that one i'll be there for the whole thing so
3: nice nice i'm not going to watch your presentation
1: Oh, okay, yeah. No. I won't, I won't totally tell you it. what time it is. Wait, no, what time I, is yours at again? Is it the first um, one? I don't
3: even know what time mine's at. I'm uh, sleeping That's in. a great question. I'm, I'm just kidding. Information, but, uh, but no, and that's what's cool about these events. Like, I don't care how good you think you are at muskie fishing. You can learn something new on water absolutely every day. And if you don't, mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely doing it wrong. And uh, this is just another way to, like, I don't know, when you hear three, you know, who I would consider good sticks, you know, Nate Ospar one hell of a stick, yeah. listening to all these guys, and then you can kind of compare like, oh man, the stuff that I've been doing, it's kind of like what they've been doing, and that's great, you know, that just, it makes you think about how good that was, and how you can apply it to other areas, or, you know, learn something new, so it's definitely fun.
0: Yeah. It's a, that's going to be a good panel. I'm bummed that I won't be able to be there. Uh, definitely would love to kind of listen in because I'm sure it's going to be a, a lot of good nuggets for for people who attend. So if you guys are on the fence or you're hearing about it for the first time and you got an open Saturday afternoon, I'd highly recommend heading down to Mozeni and Ian doing it. I'm sure we'll probably plug some details uh, later on in the episode or whatever. But Mike, we brought you on here tonight. Uh, first of all, one of our few guests that have, have been reoccurring, so just want to give you a shout out there. Uh um, no, right on <laughs> coming back on and chat with us. Um, but we we um really wanted to chat with you about this this absolute tear that you went on towards the end of the year this year and how you kind of maximized this, you know, ridiculously warm winter we've had and, and how you've used it to your advantage musky wise. So I guess give us like a high level uh, view on on what your November and December looks like and we can kind of dive in from there. But from all I saw on social media is you were running and gunning all over the place, sticking a bunch of nice fish and just, to be honest, it was it was highly impressive. So yeah, give us the high level view on how those two months went.
3: Well, thanks for the, the kind words. And uh, I mean, it just, it's my true passion. So, um, you know, a lot a lot of my success has to do with as much time out on the water as possible. And I understand a lot of people can't do that. But um, everybody should know that, like, you know, you're when you're watching social media and this and that, a lot of times you're watching, you know, you could be watching a few full-time fishermen, whether they're YouTubers fishing guys or whatnot, and if you see the success that they have, it's it's time on the water. And then when it's all that time on the water, you're trialing and erroring, trial and erroring. You're looking at everything out there on a day-to-day basis to help put you in the best pattern possible. But um, it was an absolutely unbelievable fall. There were days where they should have went crazy, and they didn't go crazy. And there were days where they absolutely shouldn't have eaten, and we caught a 30, 35-pounder. So it was just time, just go when you can. I don't care if, even if you have three, four hours, you know, like I, I was going out there every single day. I think I missed two days total in the month of November. Um, I missed maybe 10 days in December due to holidays and um, I did go walleye fishing out in Vermilion through the ice. I gave up on muskies, and then I got warm again, and I should have never given up on the muskies, but uh, had a great time pounding walleyes out there. So, um, yeah, it was just a time out on the water, and, uh, you know, obviously live bait um, helped quite a bit, too, later and later as the season went on. Um, I will say in December, though, when I went south, live bait was just more of a pain in the butt. Um, I think I caught one fish on live bait down there. Other than that, it was a hundred percent casting program, which is always so cool. Um, I wish those fish up in northern Wisconsin would do that a little bit better. I'm not saying they don't eat, but they definitely slow way, way down um, on their movements as far as their feeding patterns on artificials.
0: Gotcha. Right. Yeah. No. It was. Oh, go ahead, Gus.
1: Oh, I was just gonna. Yeah, that's awesome. I was gonna maybe dive into one of those two, whether it be suckers or casting. Uh, we definitely want to ask you some questions there and and uh give some stuff out to the listeners so let's start with how about suckers I, so... I think
2: I think last time we talked to you was on our Instagram live, our experimental Instagram live, when we were dragging <laughs> suckers. Oh, that was <laughs> funny. And I think that we were asking fun. you then, how the hell to get these fish to eat suckers? <laughs> oh, so we were
1: trolling. Yeah, I know. I oh, yeah. All of a
3: sudden, I was sitting out in the boat by myself. I dropped my buddy off who literally just got a 35 pounder and he said that he had to go. Um, <laughs> So I was out there. Oh, no. He was out there for the next bite and I lost one that I don't know what it weighed, but it was really close if not as big as his he was huge and um then i accidentally you know got on your facebook or your instagram live thing which is quite funny
2: <laughs> i was just like oh
3: yeah i'm gonna watch this while i drift around with some suckers i was like oh my gosh
4: my live!" <laughs> yeah we, we
2: were we, we were about to hang it up because like we we've never used it before we're, like we don't know what we're doing also like oh hold on michael hansen's joining we're like oh what <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, you could just like
1: join really i did not know how it works
3: yeah well you know that was there it was cool it was a nice little uh (laughs) nice little pickup from where we left off last so (laughs) certainly but um but yeah about like the suckers um you know every year it's different every day it can be different but the best pattern i had this year was keeping them up a little bit higher than what i normally do and keeping them moving um relatively quick uh, I had an awesome, multiple awesome batches of suckers this year. Like, I don't think I had any die in my tanks, which is just like a huge W, if you were to ask me, because something always goes wrong every year. Um, <laughs> whether you lose, you know, five suckers throughout the year, or in my case, three years ago, I had a pump turn, up, turn off and I lost 17 in one day. Oh. Um, uh, so you just got your...
0: You just got your own aquarium at your crib or what, what's going on? You're talking.
3: uh, So we, between me and my good buddy, my brother-in-law, Robbie, we have 250 gallon uh, cow tanks and um, we have a homemade biofilter made out of a 33 gallon uh, garbage. um, Gosh, I can't say garbage can. And uh, essentially you have that water pump in, into the biofilter and the biofilter is nothing but plastic. Um, you can buy bio balls on Amazon. That's an easy way to do it. Otherwise, what I do is I go down to my local marina. when they're, uh, They have all these scraps from when they winterize boats. You shove that, the sheets of plastic in there. You let that run for a couple weeks, and you slowly introduce fish into it, whether it be suckers, pike. A lot of times I'll start off with pike. And, um, when they defecate in there, that good bacteria starts to form on the plastic and it just creates an awesome holding tank for suckers. (laughs) The only thing that sucks is if a pump shuts off or if it gets really, really cold and then you're dealing with heaters and there isn't a heater out on the market that goes below 60, I think it's like 67 degrees. So you have to match the correct amount of water to the outside temperature to your heater to make sure that you're not cooking these suckers overnight. It is the most stressful three months of my life.
2: (laughs) You You should get into the sucker breeding game, it sounds like. You're close. Oh, my gosh.
3: (laughs) It has to be just like making musky baits. Everybody that (laughs) makes musky baits doesn't fish anymore. So pick your poison. (laughs) I'm going to just spend the $15 like a fool and uh, (laughs) eat like a peasant for three months. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. The freaking prices of suckers over the last few years has gone up so much. It's it's a tough investment, especially if you're not like Ugh. getting fish to go on them on a daily basis. It's like you just know that you're gonna be forty five bucks in the hole, and you better you better hope to God that it's a big fish that eats one of those.
3: No, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> i totally get it um i had a fall run honestly i went zero for seven on suckers lost every single sucker lost yeah. every muskie um i had a string of bad luck in between everybody else hopping in my boat that came in there which is how i like it anyways a lot of times in november and december it's mainly friends and family that hop in the boat and as much as i love catching them um I'm a fishing guide, so I love seeing anybody that steps foot in my boat catch muskies, which is, yeah. like, there's nothing cooler, <laughs> in my opinion, than uh, watching your your talents help somebody else catch one, guide them.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely agree there. And uh, with the, going back on the suckers, you said you're going fast. That kind of intrigued me. Uh, do you remember, like, what speeds you're running? I was
3: running like a minimum of nine tenths of a mile an hour up to like 1.2. And I was doing that based on the suckers that I had out. If they could handle that and they were swimming, great. If they weren't swimming, they were really lazy. I'd switch that sucker out and I'd move that sucker into an area to where I want a lazy sucker. Because there are times I needed a lazy sucker if I went to a different lake where it was a different pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and that is crazy for me to ever think about going that fast crazy crazy um i i fish super slow casting um like unbearably slow sometimes <laughs> where I lot of people be like why are we still fishing this is like i know there's one in here we got to work every mm. single inch of this weed edge and same thing with suckers like i've always gone so slow with them and i'm just trying some different things and watching those fish react to them was something like huh just have to bump up the speed a little bit.
4: But yeah, I think said, getting
3: them up off their butts, because most of these fish are hanging down deep anyways. There's very few times where I drive over and see a fish suspended, um, unless you're out in Cisco base water. But um, even then, most I would say 90% of those fish out of Cisco base waters were coming up off the bottom too. So they can see everything above their heads. Um, as it got darker, I'd start to drop them down a little bit because um, it was a little bit harder for them to see.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, that's kind of how I approach trolling is kind of get some speed bursts in there. Keep baits high. I mean, in the fall, I like to hit bottom, but still, you know, run out a little bit deeper and keep baits up higher. But that's definitely intriguing to me because that I I did exactly what you used to do. I, I pretty much run suckers like painstakingly slow, like sometimes spot lock. And, uh, I always think that's like the natural approach. And then, I mean, now this is all kind of making more sense in my head. I, if you like have seen a sucker in the wild, they don't move slow. Like when no. they, and you notice on the line, like they don't move slow when a muskie's on them too. And that's absolutely tr- trigger them. Are you, so going that speed, another question I got for you is, uh, how much weight you putting on them? and like what size depends
3: on the sucker but um a lot of times i'm running like i like to stagger weights um i don't like just one solid piece of weight that creates kind of like a you know an angle like this um i like it more of like i don't know rainbow effect, whatever you want to call it so like on my snap itself i would attach you know, which is typically I make all my own leaders. So they're all, um, or all my own sucker rigs. So those all vary, but let's say it's 20 inches. So I'll put like a three eighths ounce, um, sometimes a quarter ounce of, uh, just a bell sinker on a split ring that's attached to the actual barrel swivel on top of the leader. And then I'll run, um, closer down to the bottom, I'll run like an ounce of rubber core. And then above that, sometimes if I need it, if it's a real cranky sucker, that's where I'll put on, like, a quarter-ounce rubber core, And it just kind of goes from lighter to heavier like that, and that just allows that fish to kind of move a little bit more, but uh, still get them back down there if he's being a little too
1: cranky. Sweet. So that is definitely interesting with the, uh, the sinkers that you put on the rigs because I usually just run – like a rubber core or two, you know, half ounce to an ounce, or maybe even more. And I usually gauge it on how windy it is. But I think I would probably switch up my pr- approach if I'm running them quick, you know, making that like, bow in the line instead of just like a straight, like the guy line going straight down. And then if you just have like the all the weights in one spot, I kind of see what you're saying there. That's does that minimizes a lot with
3: tip ups too. I'll run a lot smaller lead shot up the leader mm-hmm. and it kind of gives it that same deal. I feel like when they pull up on that one single anchor point, it just rocketed, rockets them down in one area. Whereas, like when they stop swimming, it'll kind of pull them more gradually. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, that's what I think. I haven't got my uh, my snorkel on and checked it out <laughs> myself, but.
0: Tough that time of year. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, be down there. Quick question: We'll, uh, we're. I'm excited. We'll dive in tonight a little bit on kind of your uh, <clears throat> your winter plans here and and your 2024 season. But I don't want to move off of this this kind of two month stretch here in November and December you had. And for all those I guess that are listening to this, you know, it might be a good episode to to, to kind of replay maybe the beginning of next fall uh if you're you know going to be embarking on some november and december adventures but when you're you know so obviously you were running and gunning this fall you know were you targeting pretty much obviously you caught some large fish so were you just targeting some of the bigger systems clear bodies of water um or did you kind of continue to mix it up like you usually do or were you just kind of targeting one specific type of body of water in november and december
3: you know, um, I would stick on a certain body of water if it was spitting out fish. Okay. And um, there's times where that wouldn't happen, or you know, you'd have action from fish. You know, six, seven days in a row—that's hard to leave. But um, a lot of it too is just checking out new bodies of water, ones that we've casted during the summer and wanted to always just try it in the fall. You just don't know until you go, and um, it—you know. Don't leave fish to find fish, but if you feel good about a body of water that contains that can contain big fish, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by not exploring a little bit. You know, not learning something new, Um, stepping outside of your comfort zone. Because you know, being a musky fisherman, you're uncomfortable pretty much all the time. Um, But there is a level of comfort that you gather throughout the day that makes you feel good about what you're doing and uh, how you're doing it. But um, yeah, it's, I just felt it was just important to move around and uh, go to known bodies of water that can support big fish. Um, I'm not knocking against small fish, but especially in November and December, if I don't have clients, um, you know, or if I do have clients and they trust me, you know, I want to go for the biggest, baddest fish. If that means that we may get a bite a day. So Yes. There, there was times where I was stuck on a certain body of water. In fact, uh, the body of water, I lost seven fish on in a row. I stayed out there. I went out there the last day before it froze over by myself. Um, my brother-in-law wanted to go somewhere else. I really wanted to go check that out with them. And, uh, and he absolutely pounded them too, by the way, he pounded them. And, um, I just had it out for this particular body of water that I just, <laughs> it beat me. And, <laughs> And I have this mentality that I just don't ever want to be beat. So I went out there, and what I immediately sent to my buddies after I caught uh, my last big fish of the season um, in northern – or my second last big fish out in northern Wisconsin, you know, I, I just texted my buddies immediately, like, I defeated the lake. <laughs> like, I won. It's a good and um, it's it, that's just how it felt. Like, I went through – inch and a half uh, inch and a half of like solid clear ice that um and it was below freezing all day and i just knew that that was going to freeze up and i caught that fish so late that i was actually like freaking out like what if that ice got thicker and i'm just stuck out here because like i would have been just so stuck um the the launch at that particular lake you have to go through a real windy narrow channel for a long time but um but yeah, I'm kind of getting off topic here. It's, yeah, just going out and exploring new waters is what's made me who I am already today. And I'm not going to stop driving to new bodies of water, even though I'm on fish. If I'm not getting paid um, to take people out fishing, I'm going to go learn
4: something.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't blame you. It's hard to freeze your ass off for you know, a 30, 33, 35 incher, uh, in, in November and December, you know what I mean? And yeah, I don't blame you for targeting some of the bigger, you know, larger water, you know, or types of bodies of water that support that. Um, and like, we've talked about this too, even internally with like our fall trips or late fall trips, you know, it's a good time sometimes to explore that time of year, just because it feels like it's, I mean, not, not to sound, um, weird about it but it, it does feel a little bit easier to find the fish at times in the late fall like feels like they pull out of the cover and you know you can look at your kind of traditional navionics or lake map and not have too hard of a time finding out where these fish are probably staging so are there any specific i guess areas that you know if you're looking at a lake map for a new lake or maybe a lake that you fish in the summer you know, you talk, okay, yeah, we casted this lake in July, but it would be great to come back and fish it in November. You know, what, what about that lake made you want to kind of come back or what are some of the areas that you're looking for late season that would, I guess, set up well for a November or December bite?
3: Um, I think uh, a lot of those is, uh, we saw some really nice fish,
4: <laughs> yeah, sure. And,
3: you know, and, um, even if it was just seeing glimpses of them, you know, you could just tell it was like, man, this is something that we have to go check out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, unless if there's, man, how do I say it? If I know it's going to be an area that doesn't get hit that hard, you know, I definitely want to go check it out in the fall. Because it receives little to no pressure during the summer. Um, I should say no pressure. There's so much pressure on every body of water now but um you know you may have pressure on it during the summer but not nearly as much as some of these lakes that are really really close to hayward um you know those are just busy 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 so it's kind of nice to go over those less busy bodies of water that you know of during the summer uh, because you're going to see the same thing in the fall a lot of people are shooting deer that time of year and i love eating those things but i've never attempted to shoot a deer and i'm not going to start now my favorite time of year to be out on the water
0: (laughs) it is a good time of year we've and we've had a lot of really fun late fall trips i just you know and i'm I'm, i guess what i'm trying to get at is like you know we've gone to new lakes in the fall and obviously the grace of live scope and side imaging and whatnot you know you can pull up to a spot and whether they eat or don't eat it we touched on this i think in our last podcast in september but it's like it felt really you know not easy per se like we still had to kind of explore but like in the fall, late, late fall season, it's like, okay, these fish are going to be hanging most likely off the breaks, steep breaks, you know, at the end of long extended points. And, um, I guess I don't really know the, the question here, but it just seems like it's a, it's kind of a good time of year to like say, okay, I'm going to go try this body water because I feel like I know that it has big fish and I feel like I kind of know where they're going to be. Um, and obviously in the fall, you know, you're talking about speeding it up a little bit, but it's a little bit easier time to kind of camp ish on those spots or keep running them. If there's limited pressure, you're not, you don't have as much competition for other people. You're not worried about people sliding in on the spot or anything like that. So yeah, I agree. It's a great time to fish. I love it. It's my, definitely my favorite, favorite time of the year too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and don't get me wrong that, uh, the fish that I defeated the lake on quote unquote, um, I camped on that fish for I think three and a half hours. I knew it was my last day out there. I saw it on, uh, you know, on live imaging. It looked huge. It ate the sucker. It spit the sucker. <laughs> Two passes later, came back up, ate the sucker, spit the sucker, and, like, was freaking out. And I uh, called my brother-in-law, and he's like, you should just stay there because <laughs> me normally I would move. And then I tried to come back and hit it, and I was like, man, you're right. I'm just going to sit on this thing, and sure enough, she came back and ate. So there's a time and place for everything. But, um, you know, I, if I do go to new lakes, I should say this too, like I'm going to look at a map based on the spots that I was doing real, well on on the lake that I just left, and I'm going to try to mimic those same areas. Um, if the fish are on rocks, deep rocks, I'm going to look for deep rocks. Um, I'm going to go to every little point out there until I find deep rocks. And uh, if I find those deep rocks, that's going to be one of my number one spots, you know, if they're on deep rocks or if they're in deep weeds, so on and so forth. So I just do a lot of piggybacking off of what has been working and hopefully apply it to a similar body of water.
1: Would you say between these two structures, do you have more success on shoreline drops or mid-lake structures, whether it be like a just basic shoreline pretty close to the shore or like a point extending off it and then compared to mid lake it's, it's almost island.
3: like it's almost like 60 40 maybe 55 45 um i would say the greater number being mid lake stuff and the other stuff could be shore or close shore spots um i will say this on a lake that i hit pretty regularly um, when it's good, I was hitting so many new spots out there that I didn't even have a hundred percent confidence in. Cause like what you said with live scope and side imaging, it's kind of cool to see if these fish are there or not. Um, just by running a sucker going seven tenths of a mile or one, two, wherever you need to be. I couldn't tell you how many fish we saw in just the most random basic looking spots you'd ever seen, whether it's like a two foot, um, you know, rise, um, you know, let's say it's 14 feet of water and surrounding it is like a 16 foot basin of nothing. They were on that. Um, we'd go to a generic weed edge that drops off really tight. They were all over that mark, two of them. And, um, it was crazy how many fish I saw in a lot of the bodies of water that I hit a lot that you just didn't really realize just how many fish are actually in there, which gets me to think, uh, it kind of goes back to what I've been saying for a long time. And I know others have said this too. These fish are super duper smart. They are not dumb animals.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, what was that? What was that thing, Max? I, I know I mentioned it to you that one time where there was a study that showed muskies are like 90 or 95% effective hunters, which is like stupid, incredible. Like it's almost like if they don't yeah. eat or miss a bait, they're doing it on purpose. It's something like yeah. that i'm gonna get the numbers wrong it was on a podcast or a study online or something like that and uh which is just crazy they are they are smart big and smart and
3: i think a lot of times when we get bit by muskies especially casting especially casting those fish want to eat mm-hmm. no no matter what that's like they want to eat um there's very few times where <laughs> There's very, very few times where you can persuade a fish that doesn't want to eat into eating. You know, yes, I know there's some there's some tactics both side that you can do, or as you're reeling your baiting closer to the boat, you can do directional changes and stuff that can help get that fish to eat sooner. Um, I believe most fish, when they want to eat, they want to eat, you know, mm-hmm. period. And it's not the other way.
0: Yeah. Well, if you screw it up and the fish may want to eat, but maybe you, you know, give away that you're just throwing a hunk of plastic, you know, somehow, you know, if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing or whatever, if you, you know, there's plenty of times I know I've, I've screwed up fish, um, where it felt like there was no chance that the fish wasn't going to eat. And then you, you just do something, you know, obviously you're, you're never going to be perfect and the fish figures it out. And it's like, yeah, that fish does want to eat, but you know, you as an angler just did something wrong and kind well, of just dis- dissuaded them <laughs> even yeah. if
2: you do something wrong i mean we've seen so many times where your bucktail's kinked out or you're bringing a bait full of weeds and like that fish probably saw the bait before you hit the weeds before your bait got tangled in your tree and it's still just seeing red on it coming into the boat so
0: true yeah <laughs> if they're yeah. in a big
2: feeding window i mean they're not gonna stop
0: right yeah no that's true um all right well let's uh let's put a bow on some of the 2023 stuff here and then we'll move on to, to all the good things ahead of us here in 2024. Um, give us some highlights though. Uh, you know, we've kind of generally talked on some big fish, but you know, give us some, give us some, give us the goods. What, what were some of the big, the the big highlights from the November and December timeframe for you? As far as big fish goes? Uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we love hearing right. about the big fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um,
3: Gosh, trying to think of the dates off the top of my head, but it was like mid to late November. Take my good buddy Dean out. He uh, he nailed a 49 and a half by 23 and three quarters
0: Come on um,
3: on a sucker. It had brand new spot. Um, that fish was so thick head to tail. I, <laughs> it, it was just like it was the perfect animal and it had a small head too um a lot of the big ones that we get around here have really large melons And when i looked at that fish i was just like god you're gonna keep growing like <laughs> you might actually make it over 50 inches like what,
1: what lake exciting.
0: was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, nice, so nice cool. fish combo. what lake yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> just
2: make sure
0: <laughs> oh
3: boy And then, uh, yeah, later that day I lost a big one. Um, and then the next day I was telling my buddy Dean, I was like, we got to get your girlfriend out here because everybody's got to catch a big muskie, you know, or everybody's got to catch a muskie. This girl has never been out muskie fishing before a day in her life. And, uh, she nails a 49 and a quarter by 23 and a half. Um, so it was just, it was incredible for those two to each have a giant, Uh, my buddy Dean actually told his girlfriend before they went out that if she caught a bigger one than he did the day beforehand, she was going to buy a mount for him. And, uh, man, sorry, Rick, you just missed out by a quarter of an inch. Otherwise that puppy was coming to you. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, that was cool. Um, and then my last two days in Northern Wisconsin, um, I was, lucky enough to catch a pair of 49 and changes um both of them were really thick i believe one of them was like 23 and three quarters the other one um, was like 22 and a half but um it was back back days um got to touch a couple beauties one out of dark water one out of clear water uh my brother-in-law did catch a 50 inch out of my boat this year on a sucker which was really cool but um the amount of 48 to 49 inchers this year was just unbelievable yeah it didn't hit that stupid 50 inch number but um i every time i looked at those things i was like man if it ain't 50 it's so close and i don't even give a rat's ass because that thing (laughs) looks so flipping cool um man i just remember just getting so excited (laughs) yeah i almost threw up a lot this fall (laughs) yeah (laughs) A lot of dry heaving,
4: <laughs>
0: a lot
3: yeah, of pacing there's... around doing circles in the boat. Like it was a lot of fun. So hope to do that every year. You know, that's what we strive to do, but everyone that does enter the boat, it's always a blessing and um, just look for the next one.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, I guess I'll leave it with this. I mean, the, the one thing I do truly love about sucker fishing, and I know some people, you know, have mixed thoughts on it, but, you know, we're out there for the enjoyment and there's nothing more fun than when you're just whether you're talking with your buddies or your cast or whatever you're sitting on the boat and all of a sudden that clicker starts to go and you know if you don't see the fish or whatever on any electronics like it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you got no idea what's on the other end of that line you know it could be a 34 inch pike and it could be the biggest fish of your year you know at that time of year you just you don't really know what's about to happen and yeah just go and you lay down you lay the wood on that thing and <laughs> you hope to god that it's you know fishing hey, it's the best and...
3: feeling in the world it's great yeah. i yeah. mean yeah like but you know catching him casting is always going to be my favorite but i can't t- i can't say that trolling live bait is a very close second, third. I mean, they're right there. Because, like, yeah. like what you said, your heart just goes bananas when you hear that clicker go off. It's kind of like me seeing a tip up flag, even after all these years, you see that flag go off and your heart's just racing. It's like, ooh, is it a walleye or is it a. Or is it a pike, you yeah, know, you just, buddy or?
0: You don't know. And, you know, especially when you set the rod on a sucker fish and, like, you jerk back forward, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. You
3: know, oh, gosh. <laughs> Dude, that one that Paula caught, my buddy's girlfriend, like, I have a picture of this rod doubled over. Uh, you can barely see it because we're in the way of it. But you can, like, see the reel pointed up at 11 o'clock. And this rod is 6 o'clock. <laughs> It was the most (laughs) unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Her heels come up off the ground, and I just lost it. I was losing my marbles. It's the only time I think I've ever pulled up a trolling motor on a fish. Oh, wow. Um, It was a total ass kicker. (laughs) Yeah, they
0: they fight in that that, uh, colder water, too. Like, I, I think they can really start fucking if pulling you, you around a little bit. I feel like they don't, tend- you know,
3: and I'm, I'm pretty guilty if you've ever seen me set the hook on a sucker, I'm pretty greedy. I set the hook and I reel like a freaking rape Dave. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the longer they're on there, obviously the, they can come off. Um, I like seeing these things. I don't get to catch a whole lot of them throughout the year, um, especially sucker fishing. So, um, you know, I want those things in the boat. So I I reef them in. It's pretty bad. I just um, manhandle I, them.
1: But. I agree with that. Honestly, I I tell everyone to just start reeling immediately. You know that drag's locked. You start reeling. You never know. Even if you just have the hardest hooks that ever locked drag, there's a chance that fish is locked down so hard on that sucker it still didn't get hooks, and you can oh, bring it yeah. in and it's thrashing. Oh. And I know. Yeah, I'm sure you're you already know, and you could still bag it right there, and that's why what max is saying it's like i feel like when these fish come up on their initial head shakes on top of the water you can land them quick but if you don't land them there then they go right back down and then it's really hard to bring them back up
3: yes yes (laughs) now when you're by yourself which i was a couple times this year and had some big ones on then you're at the mercy of it, and you're just praying the entire time. You're losing <laughs> it. You're excited. You're scared. You're sad. You're happy again. Yeah. It's, just like, <laughs> it's, so, it's such a crazy whirlwind of emotions. But, um, yeah, you got to you gotta nut this thing now by yourself, and that's never easy. So you got to be cool. Um, yeah. One tip I'll give people that fish by themselves, because there are people that fish by themselves, and that's important, too, because I feel like you learn a lot there. But, um, take your time. So many people grab that stupid net. Like, and then they, they, like, that's the first thing that they'll grab. And then you watch them set it down and Then they'll grab it again and they'll set it down. It's like, get control of the fish and grab the net.
1: <laughs> oh
0: yeah. All right. So, um, good, uh, good little recap there. I was glad to talk to you about that. Cause like I said, we followed the escapade along social media when, you did, you know, did post stuff. I was always like, God, dude, freaking Michael's out again today. That's so awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just fucking laying it, laying it, uh, putting, putting the pedal on the floor. So oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Gus and I got out a decent bit. I know Gus obviously was hitting it really hard this fall as well. And you know, we, we, I went up to, to, uh, the, to, I guess the cabin or, you know, where Gus lives to, um, do some ice fishing over Christmas and, we touched on it on the, one of our podcasts, but like we were out trying to catch walleye for dinner and like, it was pouring rain. It was like 41 degrees. there's holes starting to form in the ice that we didn't drill. So we're like, well, screw this. Like we're not going to risk our lives for some 13 inch walleye. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we called up our buddy who had his boat, you know, not uh winterized yet and ended up getting a few extra bonus days in, uh, end of December and, you know, ended up like, catching yeah. some fish and it was a blast. Um, but, uh, I know that you touched, um, a little bit last time we talked to you in September that you do a trip. I think it's, uh, down to, down to Tennessee with your buddy, Willen. Are you doing that again this, uh, this winter?
3: Uh, I haven't made any plans to, but most of the time, um, when I do go anywhere, um, anywhere, um, it's so last minute We're like, mm. we'll just all of a sudden be talking like, I don't know, Will and I talk almost once a day now, um, Sometimes, you know, once every couple days or whatnot, but all of a sudden I'll be like, yeah, I'm not busy. Weather looks good. Come on down and I'll check to see what I got going on, which a lot of times right now isn't much. Um, Yeah. And then I'll go. Um, That's kind of how my trip down south in December really panned out well for me um, after I went walleye fishing mid mid, uh, month there. I went down there with the expectation of staying down there for three, four days and I just never left. It was hard to leave <laughs> fish. You know, they were biting. Yeah. And it was like, man, this is crazy. I've never caught one casting on Christmas Eve. Caught one casting on Christmas Eve. And then I never caught one casting on Christmas. Oh, caught one casting Christmas. It was like, how do you leave this? You know, yeah. I must say. <laughs> I lost an absolute tanker on the 30th. That sucked. Oh. And I was casting a blunt nose glider. Down in southern Wisconsin with a good friend of mine. And that was it was a beefcake. It was a nice one. Wish I could add that one back, but it was a any, killer any, killer glider bite.
0: Any guesstimates on what that one was gonna go, you think?
3: Forty seven, forty-eight. Okay, it was uh yeah. it was a big one, and that one absolutely kicked my butt. And the bites in December, gosh, they made me want to throw up. Like, you'd you'd be <laughs> working your glide bait back, and you'd be like, oh, man, I hit bottom or I hit wood because I was working these things super-duper deep, like, 8 to 12 feet down, um, really slow. And all of a sudden, you'd pull back, and you'd just be like, oh, man, I'm snagged, and you'd be pulling on it. And there'd be nothing, nothing, nothing. And then you, like, reel down, and, you, you know, you pull back into it, and you're like, holy piss. There's yeah. a muskie there, and that muskie <laughs> is doing nothing for the most part. Most of them <laughs> came in just like two or three head shakes and just swam right at the boat. That's how cold the water was.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I know. I did not. I didn't catch one casting in December, but uh, I think it was November 30th I was out. It was my. It's my latest casting fish ever. I let a tube sink to the bottom. I gave two pops and then I thought I got snagged because we were casting out a point with cribs on it. And I slackline pop three, maybe four times and just went pop, pop, pop. And I'm like, Oh shit, there's a fish there. <laughs> like it, took, it wasn't, it wasn't big, but it was just like, it must've just grabbed the tube and just sat there. And I'm just sitting there <laughs> reefing out it like, "Ding it, get off that freaking crib. And I'm like, Oh, it's moving. No, you man that thing's back used. in a bite
3: of lure for like the next 15 years you got four hook sets at one <laughs> that was real concussed that's funny
1: um, uh, so the gliders were good huh did you use big yeah, gliders or small gliders
3: small i was using the blunt nose glider uh chaos makes that It's not a big glider i think it's like five and three quarter maybe six inches <laughs> little squirrely tail on the end but um a heavier glider um like i said i was working that thing really slow and that thing was coming in anywhere from eight to 12 feet down and i had to get it down to their level that time of year um just like i said that water was freezing it opened. it was freezing it was open like typically when those lakes freeze over you know our systems bodies water i should say it's very hard if it does open back up to get those fish to eat again it just It's like the light switch finally turns off. I'm um, not saying they don't eat, but it's like a total difference from when they were chowing right before the end of season to, you know, whenever that lake opens back up. Um, my brother-in-law did defeat that, though, this year. He got 48 and a half in the Hayward area on, gosh, December 27th. That is whipping wild. flipping wild.
1: That's insane. I don't. I'm
3: deeming that the biggest targeted muskie caught in northern Wisconsin.
1: Right. Because yeah, take you know, out, be, with the new yeah,
3: yeah, like nobody else has been fishing for him. Um, no Nobody's fishing that late.
0: What was the day I lost my big one on Gus? Was that what? What 20... day was that? Was that?
1: because we fished the 26th and 27th yeah that was
3: late too so that was on the same day that robbie wow. caught one i caught a 45 that day in southern wisconsin
0: okay yeah wow. did you know did you notice uh real quick i guess we'll it we'll, we'll die back in actual musky catches here recently <laughs> um did you notice that we we did we did when we were fishing in december the bite windows were absurdly tight like so when we went out and we actually we had a uh we had a two fish day but it was four bites and two of the fish came like literally one of them was casting and we just had gotten done like doing we had suckers going behind the back of the boat and like we had just we just caught one casting did the whole pictures release whatever and it was like within i don't know what us four or five minutes yeah and then caught it and and then all of a sudden so we had two fish in the boat in like a span of six minutes we're like oh this is insane it was like i think december 26 or whatever it was we were freaking out and um you know hours go by nothing 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 and then we're just out in this like very unassuming like part of the lake and all of a sudden one fish like sharks on our buddy's glider and he had it hooked for like you know i don't know maybe 10 15 seconds and got off or whatever maybe five seconds and got off and then like as we're talking about it like that fish like i don't know how the hell he got off like it was hooked well our other buddies, like not paying attention and boom he gets slammed on his grave <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh man. and those are our two bite windows of that day like it wasn't moon related or anything really it was just like it felt like you know no matter where you were in the lake as long as the fish were obviously around like Those were the only two times that they were going to eat. And then the day, the next day that we fished, it was like high, bright skies, kind of high pressure, low wind. You know, we kind of felt like there was a big, I think it was either a moonset or something like that was happening, correlating with sunset. And we're like, we probably won't get a bite until like right at this, like tip of this major. And sure as shit, like we were around fish the whole time. We saw them on our electronics all day none of them were even moving like they wouldn't even entertain the idea of coming up and eating a sucker or like looking at a bait and it was like right when that moon phase kind of hit the, hit its like peak sun dips blow the trees like the fish just fires off the bottom and annihilates the sucker oh, and cool. <laughs> unfortunately we you know missed that one due to some uh equipment failure but uh yeah it was uh it oh, was, was that like... when the rod broke <laughs> well, yeah we the were
1: bamboo rod. Shout
0: out, shout out to
3: something that should be above your door. <laughs> yeah, was, a nice uh, light on it. No, <laughs>
4: that was, was a, a uh,
1: <laughs> he caught thing. like a mid, I think he caught like a low to mid, if I'm not mistaken, 40s tiger like a couple of weeks prior, like late November. And maybe another yeah, that was too. it.
3: That's all she had left in her. One more <laughs> nice tiger. I, dude, I guess that's why <laughs> that's though. badass though.
0: I mean, we, we didn't have like really much, like you gotta, you know, like we packed everything away for the season. Right. So like we were working with like minimal baits, minimal equipment, all that shit. And, um, so like we were using this bamboo rod and I remember like earlier in the day we had, um, a pike eat one of our suckers and I, I had, I took that one and, um, it was like a 30 inch pike. And I, you know, said it, whatever, fought at the boat, you know, shook it off. I was like, all right, whatever. And I I remember I told Gus, I was like, dude, if a muskie eats eats this rod, because we had the bamboo rod and then we had our one sucker rod we still had. And um, it ate, obviously the big fish ate the bamboo rod one. And I told Gus, I was like, if a muskie eats the bamboo rod, like, I don't know how that's going to work. Because like when I set the hook (laughs) on that pike, that thing like doubled over and like, I could barely move like a 30 inch pike. And so shout out Jared if you're listening. Jared, if you listening to this uh huge beauty, and you know, let us come out on his boat for another day. So it was a lot of fun <laughs> regardless. <laughs> good good yeah. lessons learned all around for all of us. Just like hey, know, you know
3: equipment failure happens, especially that late in the season. I've had it yeah. with everything, so yeah, everything was- imaginable.
0: Yeah, and honestly, on that fish too, like you know when the rod snapped i went down and started grabbing the line because i'm like well shit i just laid into this fish and when i grabbed the line like there was nothing and actually the crimp also failed so in hindsight no matter what rod we had it wouldn't have mattered Sure, yeah, <laughs> that, that sucker leader broke right in half when i set into it so it was just oh. all around an, an implosion <laughs> and uh that, that was the ball in our season so anyways what um I guess what are some things that you're looking forward to here? I mean, it, knock on wood, it sounds like we're gonna have uh, an early ice out by the looks of it. I mean, just from the lack of ice that's on the the water right now. Yeah, um, It yeah. shouldn't really take much for some of these bigger lakes to, and smaller lakes to even start to open up. So, you know, what what are you looking forward to here in in 24? And yeah, you know, I guess guess uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I can
3: sneak down south, uh, whether it be Tennessee, Indiana, Iowa, I'm going to do something like that. It'll just be a game time decision kind of based on weather and all that. But uh, so I'm hoping to do something like that. Um, other than that, I am cannot wait to go smallmouth fishing. Holy smokes. I am not a great smallmouth angler by any means, but every year I'm getting better and better. And this is like mm-hmm. ice out to um, to the opener, no, musky opener. I'm all about smallmouth for the most part. And yeah, I always joke about it. It's fun to actually go out and catch a lot of fish and feel good about yourself. And then you right. go musky fishing and you just, you're right back to just wanting to like stab yourself some days um, <laughs> with anything. Um, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, oh, yeah, So that's what I'm most looking forward to. Um, you know, in the 24 season, um, I'm really looking forward to getting up to Minnesota a couple more times, but, um, not, not a whole lot. I definitely love my northern Wisconsin. Way too much to ever leave it for a prolonged period of time. But, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping for another successful year. Um, I'm hoping for a lot of wind this summer. Um, last year, in the summer, I thought in general, yeah, it was some of my better numbers ever recorded. Um, but uh, a lot of small fish, and I think a lot of that had to do with the bigger lakes not getting warm uh, due to the lack of wind so um that's what i'm really hoping for i love big wind i love fishing in it um it pushes a lot of the people that are afraid of wind off the body's water and ultimately it gets the fish just amped up so i could wish for anything in 2024 it won't be more muskies there'll be more wind <laughs> and a little bit of heat to go along with it so
1: i don't know if you got max on board for that he's the wind hater of the group oh man i love being good is that is that is that okay if i say that max yeah i'm in the same boat (laughs) just just based on our fishing and golfing adventures you know good for nothing there's a breeze up there you're like god come on
3: (laughs) dude i i'm not good enough of a golfer to blame anything on the wind No, it's never the wind's fault but um
4: I'm just no, a social no, guy. Know, don't get
3: me wrong. There's times <laughs> where I'll get real pissed. I mean, I, yeah. I can get really mad over something like the wind pushed me five feet in the wrong direction. Cause my spotlight turned off for like three seconds and I'll lose it for like a solid 10 seconds. And I'll go, all right, we're back on the weed edge. We're good to go
0: yeah I, I you know I, i'm just a, a social guy i love the boat banter when that wind's whipping everyone's got their hoods up and all you're listening to is your freaking Sim solar flex banging in your ear for the next three hours so that, that's my only beef with it i I don't disagree that fishing and wind definitely improves your chances like you know there's nothing worse than I mean, you're just sitting out on the boat at 1 p.m and it's dead flat calm high sun you're just like i mean i'm sure for you guys as guides like you're probably just looking at your customers like well let's just say a prayer right now like it, it's going to be tough here for the next few hours but um, yeah well and that's yeah. why i run a lot of longer trips
3: too because like that way like you know let's say I start at nine you know and i plan on fishing till nine ten eleven o'clock like if it gets really hot and these fish aren't moving i will implement a one to two hour nap time in the shape <laughs> You know, <laughs> just like, hey, you know, you're going to get your eight to 10 hours and don't worry about that. Yeah. But like, it ain't happening right now. So let's not <laughs> kill ourselves. So, you know, when we do get to the good part of the day, we're dead. Like, we don't want that. So
1: uh, add a, I think on the website, I'm going to add a segment or something for a full day, like big full day trips, two hour nap, optional added added in there uh, don't say optional
3: because and then then it's up to them you have to say like based on the captain's decisions a (laughs) two-hour nap period may
0: be implemented Post, Post post (laughs) post lunch yeah that's funny man yeah no that smallmouth stuff's fun we got into that last year gus can probably touch on more of that but uh yeah those those fish like they're and they can put up a good fight, and they're uh, they're they're beautiful. And the Northwoods of Wisconsin definitely has some lakes that hold some some dynamite smallmouth fishing. It's it's a good way to kind of bridge the gap and ease back into the the musky season a little bit.
3: It's just fun, you know, just to mix it up. I honestly, I I mean this. If I chase muskies twelve months out of the year, I know there's a very few amount of people that actually do that, and hats off to them. Couldn't do it, you know. Yeah. I can. I can handle the extended seasons that I've been putting myself through, you know, seven-month season, um, whatever, you know, sometimes a little bit more, but need to take a break, too, or at least a guy like me. I need a little bit of a reset time and uh, go catch some either giant bluegills or giant uh, smallmouth. I love doing that, so.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think you earned some rest this winter from, from what it sounds like. And, um, are, are you going to be, uh, I know obviously you guys are talking at the road rolls event here next weekend, but or this, this weekend, I should say, um, are you going to be, uh, doing any show stuff this year, uh, going to them, speaking at any of them, any other, I guess, engagements like that?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I did a lot of seminars already this, uh, this new year, which has been great, but, um, I got another seminar coming up next weekend on Saturday at Bill's Muskie Club. No, it's not on Saturday. Oh my gosh. I should have, I should know this stuff while promoting it, but, um, (laughs) I'll I'll look it up later. It's, uh, so yeah, I got one coming up at Bill's Muskie Club in February. Um, and then I'll be at the Milwaukee show. I'm not speaking at the Milwaukee show, but, um, Just going there, working at the Chaos booth and, uh, you know, helping them out, walking people to Thorn Brothers or wherever, um, just answering any and all questions. I just love going to those things. And then I got the, gosh, the Wisconsin Fishing Expo. I'll be speaking at that. I believe I'm on on Saturday. And I'll be working that show as well in the Chaos booth. And then I have the Capital City Muskie School going on um later on in march and followed by lake superior uh, muskies Inc. i'm speaking up there uh, for speaking in april so i got a lot a lot of my plate coming up here um nice. at least a lot of muskies um, during a uh, list time of the year it's kind of fun to chat with them so you know chat about them i should say
1: keeps you always thinking about them You know, make sure the muskies know that you're still thinking about them, even though it's Um, January and February and March. Gosh, I'm always thinking about them. (laughs) I'm sure they do, too, and they're probably freaking – that's why they hide behind rocks and cribs and weeds, because they're like, oh, shit, Michael's in town. Uh (laughs) There's no
3: time to miss ex-girlfriends, but there's plenty of time (laughs) to miss
4: muskies.
0: (laughs) Amen. So, I think I don't know if our if our if Brian's mic's on mute or not, but I'm gonna ask this question for him because I know he's he's curious. But are you uh you lining up any baits here for 2020? I was just gonna ask that seeing at the show,
2: anything catching uh, your eye?
0: Yeah, you go ahead, Brian, line it up.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, any new baits this year or new colors? Uh, quad dog guy or not?
0: Oh boy,
3: yeah, I don't know about the quad dog. I'm gonna stick with my Medusas. Um,
0: just, just I've real been, quick, Brian's got a picture of a quad dog above his bed on his ceiling. <laughs> so yeah. He can't wait. He's been counting down the days until he gets. To throw oh my god! That
3: one extra tail, he just needed it so bad. Yep. <laughs> 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 no, and I'm not ripping on. It. I've never seen one in action. Um, I'd be, you know, I. Gosh, it, it'd be stupid for me to say that I just throw the stuff that you know, that I promote, um, you know, and I take good pride in what I promote. I promote good things to my knowledge, um, you know, good companies, uh, that produce for me. Um, but you know, there's baits that I don't talk about either that I use all the time, you know, and there's no one company out there that's going to take care of you to fill all your needs. There's so much good stuff out there. And sometimes you need something a little bit different to catch those fish. So um anybody who is pretending to be brand loyal 100% um well there is one guy that i know um <laughs> <it's> probably albert <laughs> and amen hey, man he is the man for being brand loyal but that guy catches a ton of fish too but um but yeah i mean as far as like new baits through the season um nothing that you know there are some new baits that are coming out um that i that i used last year that IC7 was an amazing bucktail by musky frenzy i call it the smallest loudest bucktail out on the market
0: okay the amount of
3: grind that that thing has is unbelievable um working it fast or slow um a lot of times i work my blades slow to medium up here during the day um just puts out a different vibration sound speed that they don't really see much anymore um so that IC7 was really, really good to me last year. Um, boy, I, I think one of them alone caught 33 muskies on it before I retired it. Um, one of the Jeez. blades fell off. But you know what? If you wow. catch 33 muskies on a bait and the blade falls off, and you're going to learn about investment. that, I don't know what to tell you.
0: I, I don't uh, think I've ever heard. I, of a I would 15... tell you go
3: buy three more. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't think I've ever heard of a fifteen dollar sucker catching thirty three muskies before. No, no, man. <laughs> man, we lose
3: our marbles and we catch two on one. It's like, man, that was a seven dollar and fifty cent sucker. That was awesome. <laughs> <You> no <know? laughs> Um, uh, but boy, yeah. Um, I'm, be- I'm gonna stock up a little bit more on my beavers. Beavers were really good to me this year. Um, early on and later on in the year. Um a little tough for me or, or mid season. I think it was just cause that water was so cold. Um, in fact, most of my jerk bait fishing was, um, quite cold all summer long. It was a big, big bucktail bite this year. Um, I can't explain it. I've never seen anything like it, but those fish were going on bucktails like they've never seen one a day in their life. Um, and that won't happen again for a while. I can assure you that so many fish were caught on bucktails, but, um, Gosh, man, what else? Gosh, I don't hey, think what, there's much remind
0: else. Remind me, what what um, what um are some companies that you're associated with that have, have been bringing out some of the new stuff or maybe some yeah, show colors or whatever?
3: Yeah, I work with uh, Chaos really tight. I've been working with them for a while. I work with Thorn Brothers, um, Leaders in Lures, Musky Frenzy Lures, Beaver Baits. Um, gosh, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody, but, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tight circle and, um, and I keep it that way because everybody has what I pretty much need, um, to be successful out on the water. But, um, one thing that I did talk about earlier that I should highlight the blunt nose glider. Um, I probably threw a glide bait more in the month of December than I did the past 10 years combined. (laughs) Um, and it will be safe to say that I will be throwing more of them moving forward. Um, another, another glide bait, uh, that gosh, you're going to the Wisconsin Muskie expo. You got to go chat with Tom, Tom Harrison, go get one of his glide baits. Um, they're unbelievable. I've never seen a glide bait that you could work so unbelievably slow and has a perfect wobble on the drop you can drop that thing into cabbage um into timber you name it um just sticky situations where you really can't get a whole lot of baits um there those will not last very long there's a big cult following with his baits and i don't know how much longer tom's planning on making them he's uh he's a very tough tough man um he says that he's not going to do it for much longer but uh I know he enjoys doing it. So take a peek at those. They're unbelievable Mm -hmm. baits and you'll see those at the Wisconsin muskie expo.
1: Those, the, uh, Tom super glides, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Correct. Yes, sir. I saw Mm them
1: last year. I didn't pull the trigger, but that's,
3: that's yeah, they're, they're unbelievable. And like I said, it may, it may be something that's not out on the market for too much longer. So kind of treat it that way. Um, you know Tom's a, a new a new friend to me but um, when we met one another and hung out when fishing a couple times in December it's like we've been friends for 15 years um, you know him and his wife were just fantastic they let me into their house they fed me they made me lunch you know they made me breakfast and dinner it was just you know it was just wild and uh, that's why I love this sport to keep everything a little tight niche uh, you know tight uh, tight group. But, um, you know, the people that I hang out with, the companies I work for, it's because there's some of the best out there. And I love working with them and hanging
1: out with them. That's sweet. Yeah, and I know the the Wausau Wausau show, the Wisconsin Muskie Expo, that's pretty – that's kind of what it's about is a lot of smaller bait manufacturers that make small batch. Maybe you only find them during this particular show, and I think that's why it gets – I'd say a pretty good amount of traction, a good amount of foot traffic.
3: It uh, really does. It's like a, that show itself is kind of like a little cult following. Um, yeah. See a lot of the same faces there year after year, but it it's filled. Um, there's a lot of people in that, in that show, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not a giant show by any means, but it's not small either, but you get to see some really cool stuff that people, just put so much time and effort into building you know mm-hmm. i'm not saying everybody there makes the best thing out there but there are a lot of people that are extremely dedicated to the craft of making musky lures and they're very proud of it and there's a lot of those guys that wouldn't sell that stuff if they didn't truly believe in it you're not there to make a buck Let's yeah. put it that way
0: i mean it's even just like our buddy nick Hey, Gus, you can talk on that a little bit, but I I don't know if he's sold at shows before, but like there's so many hidden gem bait makers of these guys that make small batch stuff that really take their time and, and do some amazing stuff that, you know, I mean, if you're trying to differentiate yourself in the musky world, like we're talking about fishing on some of these pressured waters, like what better way to do that than buy from somebody who only makes, you know, maybe a couple hundred baits a year there's just not going to be that many people throwing that stuff. So like you're talking about this glide bait, like I'm sold now, I'm definitely picking up you know, mm-hmm. one of those glide baits <laughs> and um, there'll probably be a few others, but yeah, Gus, if you want to touch on it, like our buddy Nick at all, I mean, those are some incredible crankbaits and paint jobs that you just don't mm-hmm. really see, you know, yeah, he's, mass he's... produced. Cause it can't be. Right.
1: Yeah. Cause he's a, he's a one man show. I mean, he's been doing it for quite some time. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think this is probably his first time like bringing baits to a show ever. Uh, he's had them. Sh- he's had them sh- sold at shops in town here in Eagle River. But um, he's I mean, we just got the ice fish with ice fish with him the other day. But during the week man, I talked to him on the phone here and there and and uh, every time I could just like hear him sanding in the background like every day, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's been working on those baits. I think seven days a week, and he's trying to get a big, you know, fairly sizable batch to bring to the the Wausau show, the Wisconsin Muskie Expo. So I'm excited for that. I think he's in. I think he's in with some of his friends. Like he's sharing a booth with, I want to say like Titletown Muskie Inc. Maybe if that sounds right. I think they got a booth, and I think because sure. he's, he's got some buddies. Who fish Green Bay? So,
3: those guys are troublemakers. Those guys at that Titletown <laughs> yeah. Muskie Booth.
1: Yeah, oh, you go visit off. those guys this
3: year in <laughs> Wasa. They're yeah. gonna be just, just horrible men. Yeah, you I know. can't wait to meet <laughs> them.
1: I can't wait. God, they're
3: they're a lot of fun. Those guys,
1: <laughs> my kind of people. You want? Yeah, I'll probably be grabbing a brew from Taps and Tackle too. Assuming that they're gonna be back there, they got some good stuff always too.
3: Yeah, I think they had a keg there last year. Yeah. Um. Where mm. they were Yeah. And thank God mm-hmm. I didn't hear about it because it would have been zero to a hundred real quick there,
1: boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. Been upside down doing a keg stand, huh? yeah we like
3: i better buy some baits i just had like 18 of your beers thanks I was,
0: if i was doing the taps and uh tackle booth i would definitely say as long as keg stand gets a free bait i was just gonna say yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you can hold oh, it 20 man.
2: seconds or more free bait everybody in the there last someone...
3: i personally witnessed which is why i've never done one um moving on from this because i was in college at point and i watched this person doing one And all of a sudden, both their hands flipped off at the exact same time. Oh, (laughs) no. And they just ate a a freaking half barrel. Like, the noise that came out of that. Don't, Luckily, uh, the person that that happened to had a head harder than any titanium metal out there or whatever. Like, I've never seen somebody just get up like moments later and proceed to party. Like, rock on! Uh, I'm not doing that.
1: I'm sure he I mean, wasn't saying the same thing the next day, though. There's oh, no way.
3: Oh, no no he was he was okay 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 he wasn't he wasn't great but yeah he was okay. <laughs>
0: Wonder, wonder what that guy's up to these days. I uh, I didn't know that you went to Point. That's awesome. Do you um? Did you do some fishing in college? And you're at Point.
3: I did more fishing than I studied. Let's yeah. put it that way. I
0: I would have <laughs> probably guessed that. I mean.
3: <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Boy. Man. Yeah. I do have a. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know. I do tell this story a lot. Guiding. I might as well tell this story. You guys got a few minutes.
0: Oh, I think I it's all- really funny. It's not
3: really all that fishing related, (laughs) but it's pretty funny about my collegiate career. So um, I wasn't very – I I didn't try that hard in high school. Let's put it that way. I wasn't a bad kid. Um, I was an extremely talented swimmer, but I just didn't really focus that hard on schoolwork. I just wanted to play. So um, going into college, um, you know, I had the Stevens Point coach call me, and he's like, hey, I know you're serious about not – Not real serious about college, but, you know, we really want you to come swim up here and we think that you should get a degree. And I was like, you know what? I think that was pretty cool. So went up there. Um, My grades weren't good enough to get into point. Okay, this is bad. (laughs) So. (laughs) So they have this thing called the Bridge Program um, through Mid-State Technical School, which is right next to Stevens Point University. So that way I could take 12 credits there, one credit at point, and I could practice with the swim team. I could be on the food plan, um, you know, stay in the dorms, do whatever a normal UW, uh, college kid would do. Um, and then after one good semester, I'm full blown into point. So, well, I majored in fishing, beer (laughs) and ladies, um, not particularly in that order. Um, (laughs) But uh, so, you know, two weeks into the second semester, goes by and I get this letter. And it's like, if you're not out of here by Friday at this time, we're going to charge you, like, let's say, it was like something absurd, like $100 an hour. So I like looked at my roommate and I was like, well, they found out it's time to go home. (laughs) So I moved back home, got an apartment right away, started working again. Months go by and I get this letter from the WEAC conference, Okay. And the WEA conference states that I am a 4.0 student and I am one of few all-American, all-academic students or athletes, okay? So I'm like, man, this is one of the cruelest jokes I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Fast forward into October, I had a good friend of mine that wanted me to come up there for homecoming I show up and they're like, Hanson, we got to go to May Roach Hall right now. We got to show you something. I was like, okay, like, you know, I just got here, but sure, let's go. There, sure enough, my name is on a golden plaque for having a 4.0, (laughs) All right? Nobody knows what the hell's going on. So after a bit of drinking, we put all of our minds together that night. We figured it out. I flunked out of mid-state technical school, but I had a, I got an A in weightlifting, so I'm the only person to a UW-Stevens Point knowledge to be kicked out with a 4.0 and be recognized for it.
4: Oh, my God. Incredible.
3: Yeah, I'm sorry. It was a little long of a story. I tried to condense it as much as possible, but, uh, you know, whatever. If you can't laugh at yourself, especially... Uh, you know I'm, I'm I think I'm doing okay for myself I'm not doing the greatest but uh but I get to go musky fishing a lot and show people that so pretty happy with where I've uh where I've come after uh you know setting the world on fire given 4.0 it's uh, a wave goodbye
0: I mean you're just a scholar you know you're a gentleman and a scholar obviously so I mean and I don't and I don't want to I don't want to downplay that your're 4.0 at point but like how does one get like a B in weightlifting? Like you just, you do not, not rack well, the weights, what's right? Well, funny. Is my, uh, my
3: my my <laughs> swim coach was my uh, was my teacher in that, but uh, but but I did try hard. I did try hard. I was swimming for crying out loud, so I had to lift weights. But uh, but yeah, I don't know how you get a B in uh, weightlifting, <laughs> but um, I'm happy. I uh, I'm happy. I put <laughs> to prove how sharp of a student I really am after my weightlifting performance <laughs> that's
0: awesome <laughs> uh, that's a great that's a great story yeah I mean uh, it's uh you know obviously now you're doing all these seminars and you're feels like you're I mean I, I watched Gus like put together some of his powerpoint for the Mosanese show and it looked I had told him I'm like man this is giving me flashbacks of like my freshman year of college or like high school almost like right? trying to put together these powerpoints and you know how to present and do all this stuff like right. it's just a whole different game and we had Austin awesome I mean, I right love yeah yeah it's yeah <laughs> you you get to talk muskies right but we had austin wiggerman on last week and he was like yeah when you know i i decided to become a fishing guide like nowhere in the fine print did it say that i'd have to all of a sudden be like a public speaker and put all these presentations together and stuff like that but <laughs> I think it's fun for you guys and you get to continue to share your knowledge outside of guide season. So I think it's great. (laughs)
3: Yeah. I mean, with the amount of knowledge we share, I can guarantee you anytime I give a seminar, I still learn something. I think about something and I might, and I might share it, you know, it's like, Oh wait, maybe this is why that happened. You know? Mm, Yeah. It's something, you know, your, your mind's thinking then. And yeah. uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how to describe it.
0: I mean, even just talking about, you know, you're using the glide bait more in December and it's like, you know, you don't think that you'd learn something in December that you might instrument come the start of the season or whatever. You're like, okay, now I'm going to be using that bait more. I don't know if you're going to be using it throughout the summer or whatever more, but if if it was effective, you know, effective then, like you'd know how to use it. You get confidence with it. Next thing you know, like bike and stuff hey I'm gonna start throwing this glider and you never know if it happens it's just one of those things it's I thought of a stuff.
3: dozen a dozen times throughout my past year where I could have and should have used the glide bait in a certain scenario because I knew a fish was in a certain area where I could get a bait there but not get it there and make it stick there maybe for a little bit longer you know to get, to get its attention to come out of that cover so no it's 100%
0: yeah, I would say Brian's are probably glide bait, glide bait aficionado here on the pod.
2: I you are to say jerk bait. I don't know about glide. I'm looking to, I want to get a, a blunt nose glide or round nose glide at the show. Um, I was, is it too early to talk about opener? I wanted to get into some of your, your top baits for opener.
3: For my opener? Yeah, let's, yeah.
2: Assume, let's assume this winter <laughs> continues how it's been. It's going to be a warm spring. These fish are going to be on your traditional shallow structure for the most part. What kind of presentation are you giving them?
3: Gosh, you know, with this, I, I never thought about this. I, Good question. I wonder if these fish are going to spawn at the same time as, you know, based on daylight or if they're going to spawn sooner if we given the chance at having warmer water conditions. Um, that always gets me thinking, but, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be warmer than normal. You know, last year, I saw it was really late. We were dealing with really cold water temperatures. Um, but a lot of times I'm throwing a lot of twitch baits, you know, five, six inch twitch baits. Um, and I'm working them kind of similar to a glide bait. That's why I think I don't throw a lot of glide baits because the way I throw a twitch bait is very similar to a glide bait. And I find that it kind of throws a little bit more flash vibration into the water. I do think that there's a time where those fish don't like that, but you won't know that until you're throwing one side by side. But um, yeah, I'll be throwing a lot of, you know, very small blades, working them slow. IC sevens in particular, that was really good right off the bat last season. I, my top water game early in the year is typically pretty decent. This year, topwater just sucked, but I'm not going to write that off quite yet. I would say a lot of twitching of crankbaits. Um, Beavers are always good, too, right away in the spring. I work those close to unweighted. If I do work it weighted at all, it's something like on a regular baby beaver, I'd throw maybe a quarter of an ounce on there, maybe less, and um, throwing a, a bell sinker on the actual nose of the bait with, two split rings um i saw a video on that earlier this year i wish i could give the guy credit i forgot his name um in fact i think austin austin Wigerman shared it so he would know. but um he would put a bell sinker on the nose of that beaver with two s- split rings and when you work that thing that knocks against the face of that beaver
4: damn and
3: it's just a subtle knock um it, it mimics the same knocking sound that the midsection and the front and rear section make with one another too. It's just a real subtle knock. But um, that way it's kind of knocking in one place, knocking in the second place, knocking in the third place. So um, that's how I'm rigging my beavers a lot of times during the spring. But mainly just shallow stuff. Um, if I know that those muskies are done spawning on Cisco Bodies of Water, I'm going to go out to those deeper – Basin areas adjacent to their spawning grounds, look for bait and just cast aimlessly among those bait piles because there's piles of musties out there too.
0: Brian, what did you catch your big fish on opener weekend two years ago? That was kind of weird. I'm trying to remember the bait, but I thought mini, it was something that mini medusa. it was a, a mini medusa. That's
1: right, yeah, a mini
3: medusa, like,
0: nice. like two, three feet yeah. of
1: water yeah no like popping
2: it in no water
3: <laughs> were you working it around spawning
1: crappies or anything like that
2: i don't know if we knew at the time i mean it was up was it on the rock bar
1: it was on like a what would Reed be bar in the summer a bulrush bed yeah what so lake was, was like... it i'll be able to tell you
3: if
2: there's
1: crappies <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: No more no, fishing there. Not, we'll gladly tell you. You did that to me. I had to try it. <laughs>
0: Almost
2: yeah, had me. Uh, we,
0: were, we, is... were, <laughs> we were confused. We All of a sudden, Brian's like, he's the classic, like, going to throw something different, and every once in a while, he strikes gold, and I remember that time, you pulled that bait, and I was like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like I'm not going <laughs> to catch anything. Sell <laughs> him in, like, the two-packs. You know, for like 17 <laughs> Oh, one bucks. of those, a micro one? No, no, it no, no, wasn't a micro. Okay, okay, it wasn't okay. was okay. All right, all right. No, all right. no, no, no. Yeah. I was like, damn, yeah.
3: that's even more impressive. That's <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't
0: remember. I, I just remember it was something like that we just, I don't even think we've ever thrown it really since that weekend or whatever. And, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up producing our biggest fish that, that weekend. And one of the bigger ones we've ever had during opener. We've historically you know, had okay numbers, but have had a hard time finding some of those bigger fish during opener, you know?
3: Oh, everybody does. I mean, the, the few that you see on social media are because you're friends with 400 plus different muskie anglers and you saw maybe two or three big ones in Northern Wisconsin get caught on opening weekend. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying that's true all the time, but like most of the time it's super cold. And you see two to five other peoples have really good success with big ones, and it makes us feel like we don't know what the hell we're doing. But <laughs> if you're fishing around those small ones and catching those, those big ones aren't gonna to be too far away either. what uh
2: what other mods have you made to your beaver? Because I've been curious this off season about trying to rig up mine and do something different with it. I know people have swapped out the tail and put on a blade of some sorts. Um, you're like curious
3: you said- about my beaver?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cut the okay. tape, cut the tape. <laughs> it's just uh, long here. How have, how have you been a beaver? <laughs> it's just <laughs> long. <hair. laughs> to make it more appealing. Oh god.
3: No, uh the blades. I do a lot of blades on the back. I throw a willow leaf blade back there. Um depending on the size of the beaver, uh depend, you know, it depends on the size of the blade, but I like willow's a lot. Um Colorado, I feel like it changes its action a little bit too much. It kind of drags it a little bit more than I'd like on that drop. So, um, and they're super easy to make. I mean, Brian makes them. They're great. Um, but if you have a little bit of, you know, just 274 pound single strand wire, you buy mm-hmm. a school that for seven ninety nine, dollars um, some shrink, shrink tubing, treble hook, your swivels, um, And the blade, I mean, you can make these things for nickels. And when you do that, you can make multiples of them, too. You know, you can make one, a bronze one, a silver one, a fluted one, a hammered one, um, all in different sizes so you can mix and match um, based on what beaver you want to throw for that day. But um, I I had a lot of fun making those. And I I caught more fish with the blade attachment on this year than I did without it. I don't know why necessarily. I think they're both really good actions, but um, I think a lot of times where I did really well on the blade is when it was somewhat sunny out versus the tail being better during darker periods.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Putting out that little extra flash. I mean, I kind of saw that with tubes. I did a lot of trailer uh, blades with tubes, Uh, not exactly with beavers. So that's interesting that you said that I actually went, opposite like if i wanted something with a blade i would just go tube and if i wanted to make it more subtle i would just go beaver i didn't really do the mix and match with the beaver but oh sure but um, but yeah that's interesting because i did i did try a couple um i agree with you on the on the trailer blade attachment um hooks very easy to make but um i tried it with the beaver and i wasn't getting the action i wanted so i think i was just going too big blades sure because i want them to move around i don't want it to damper it's the same thing with the tube or really anything you throw a blade on if it just makes the bait not really shake shimmy up down it just dampens the action that's you know no good you know
3: no absolutely you're totally right and you just gotta play around with it what what looks good to you is gonna look good to a fish for the most part you know um (laughs) We'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why I said that. I, I feel like I just lie.
4: We're we're fishy <laughs> you
3: know, people. That's what I feel at least. We think but, we know uh, man, that's wild like. about the tube thing. I hate, I or I don't hate it, but I really don't like tubes with blades on.
1: Crazy. That's what I clean house on. It's crazy. I, yeah. it's, I think it's just, it's got to be <laughs> a personal preference and like how, I mean, we've had this conversation actually with our good friends, Nick and Clayton do the pmtt and it's like it's all it's something about you know like chasing bites you could use the exact same lure and have exact opposite results because you down to the minute exactly how you work that bait could be completely different and that's not going to get the fish going you know like just like i throw a tube on with the blade in the back you throw a tube on the blade with the back the results that day could be different we could be like casting the same direction you know and vice versa, yeah. you know the the beavers with the blade in the back, and so on and so forth. So that's definitely an important thing to kind of keep in mind. It's almost how you
0: work the bait. I, I I remember when you started putting trailer blades on tubes. Like I think Brian was, we were talking about this too. Like we all were kind of like, dude, this looks terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, totally yeah. like hindered the action of the tube. Yeah. but like. The whole point of, like, doing the tube is so it has this, like, crazy, you know, bounce to it where, like, you know, you kind of pop it and, like, it shoots, you know, 45 degrees one way, pop it again, it shoots the other way, it shoots it, you know, the same way or whatever, and it just, like, has this awesome glide. And then you put a a blade on it. like, we were throwing, you know, little Colorados or, you know, whatever on the back. And, like, it just dulled everything. Um, But I think what it forced us to do is, like, well, A, like when we started doing it, we, we, you know, had some success. And I think, again, that just breeds confidence, but like, it almost felt like, you know, it was really applicable in some of those more, at least for the summer, like those shallow weed bites where you just were ripping it and like, you know, back surgery status, ripping it, where you're just popping it super hard through these weeds. Yep. And, you know, I think the extra flash or whatever, and then honestly, the blade helped kind of keep the tube up. And keep it out of the weeds a little bit more because it, it dulled the fall. And so, like, if you're in, you know, five to seven feet of, like, thick cover, you could work that tube super hard through those weeds. And the blade would not let it dive back into it. And you could kind of just keep popping it and touching the cover, popping it, touching, popping it, touching. And once you kind of got that rhythm down, like you were talking about in our last pod, if you get the rhythm down with the the, the big Medusas. And you actually said something that blew my mind you're we like I actually can work I can work the medusas more aggressively and it's actually easier on my body once I get a rhythm down rather than doing big yep. long sweeps you know and yep. that's kind of how it started to get with the tubes like when I started doing it I was all fumbly and like what the hell am I doing I'm killing my shoulders I'm killing my back and it, it still hurts but like you get that rhythm down and you know you get the slack climb pop slack climb pop and it's like that just on you know just doing it over and over again and Whatever reason, it just got fish to go on days where we were throwing everything else and only the tubes of the trailer blades were pulling fish out of this stuff. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah.
3: And there's a time and place for everything and you don't really know and that's what makes it so fun. You, you're try, We're always trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. We're trying stuff that has worked for us. Uh, we try stuff that's worked for us and has failed us for multiple times in a row and, you know, you still got to try it because it worked that one time um yeah. yeah it's just whatever whatever you feel confident in whatever keeps you mentally in it as much as possible
0: because objectively a tube and even a medusa are like weird looking baits that a muscle no. would eat you know what i mean no, like absolutely. It's have this tube with a blade this is a circular object you know whatever color you want look we'll at a bucktail yeah right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, seriously. What?
3: Nobody can tell me what a bucktail looks like <laughs> accurately. It
1: doesn't have fins on it.
3: No, it doesn't have anything on it that resembles anything that a muskie would eat, but they love them.
1: They, just, they yeah, move just
3: water.
0: Pisses them and off. And
3: it's something that moves.
0: <laughs> That's true. And like a Medusa, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, unless you're fishing the Fox River, like, I don't see too many fish with four tails on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three or four. Oh, my God. <laughs> I say that Bro. respectively. We grew up in Appleton, all right? Don't want to get mad. Oh, man. <laughs> I fished on my buddy's dock almost every day after high school, and we pulled some funky-looking shit out of that river. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. That brings me back. Oh, yeah.
3: man. I had a girl once tell me, kiss me where it stinks, so I took her over to uh, Appleton.
1: <laughs> I thought it was Kikana. No, Yeah, shoe. Come
0: on, now. That's only when the wind blows from the north.
3: No, no, it is Kakana. You're right. I it's that one. definitely. Sorry, Kacana. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Uh, oh, Brian's a Kakana boy, huh? Yeah, <laughs> how that's is. where
2: I'm currently at.
3: Oh, right on. No. Yeah. It I, doesn't I, usually I,
2: stink unless you're a mile down the road. So I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh, oh boy. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, anything else we want to touch on here, fellas? This was a good, another long format pod, which with Guster during the winter season, I don't feel too bad having to edit these things. These are a lot of fun. Just kind of open it up and, and chatting. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on it? Cause I got, I got a, one or two more things so i just always like to always like to ask
1: uh go for it i think i think i'm good we we did a we did a good discussion on a bunch of stuff past and future things
0: so sure all right well we asked this question to greg and i know the new year has passed a little bit but uh give us some give us some resolutions here for 2024 fishing or or otherwise what uh what do you got as some goals set here for the upcoming season? If you've, uh, if you've thought about that at all, if not, no worries.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. I guess just fish harder than last year. Every year I say that I just want to fish it's harder. gonna
2: be tough to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs>
3: you know, there are still some days where, you know, it was very rare this summer that I did take a day off, but, um, You know, I do have to adult every once in a while, too, and typically I wait for the last minute to do all my adulting so I can do it all at once. But, um, (laughs) yeah, just fish even harder than the last year. And, um, you know, I don't want to ever put a number on how many muskies I want to have boated or how many big ones because you just don't know. It's just it's all based on the year that's given to you. Like last year was a tough year for big fish during the summer, but it was an excellent year for them in the fall. Um, and you could say kind of the opposite of the year before that, um, or actually, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's just yeah, fish more. And I think everybody should think about that, you know. And we can all make mis- you know we can all make excuses. Um, I know there's a lot of people that truly want to fish when they can't fish, but they're also way too many people that do have enough time to get out for four hours or get out for the day. Um, and they don't do it. And you want to get better at catching these things. You just got to be out there more and more. And that's what I'm going to continue to do.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think it's a goal of ours through this podcast is to help people light the fire a little bit, you know, that listen in and hear guys like yourself that are doing it. Um, so i think that's all good stuff i mean it's hard it is hard in the muskie world to put a number on things or goal wise um but it's always just kind of i'm always just kind of curious it's like just high level stuff you know like for me this year i really want to catch a big fish out of clear water i've done it but it's been very limited you know we, we haven't fished too many clear bodies of water and we got a few few of them coming up on the pmtt schedule um, we've kind of run down some things tournament wise, but it's always fun just to kind of think, you know, you, 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 set the goals in the middle of winter, whether you remember them or not come season, but it's always fun to just kind of think yeah. about them, you know, like, Hey, it would be awesome to catch, you know, a four footer in Northern Wisconsin during the month of June, something, you know, like we haven't been able to figure out, you know, figuring out that open water bite or whatever, getting some bigger fish to move earlier in the season. So, yeah, no, I was just kind of curious to hear if there's anything's particular that you're like hey you know i kind of didn't do a good of a job of that last year maybe this year i can kind of step it up or whatever in this area
3: yeah uh man i i'd be the first one to tell you if i didn't think i did a good job but yeah. uh i think i could have done better at sometimes but um i'm just happy with how hard i tried sure that's what makes me feel good about my season at the end of the day it's no matter what comes of it if you catch fish that day if you don't catch fish if you move a lot if you don't move a lot like that's part of muskie fishing we're always playing the lottery but just if i can honestly say like i tried my flipping hardest all day long whether it's just for me for friends and family or clients that are in my boat doesn't matter it's if i tried hard that day i'm feel successful
1: yeah no matter yeah.
3: how bad i got my ass kicked because it does happen that's
1: all all you can ask for is just trying your freaking hardest out there man because sometimes it's just the time that you put in and then they then they hand you one you know sometimes it's almost like you think the water owes you one like you almost just by putting in that extra time but uh
0: it never does though
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man they sometimes those muskies hit the bag at some pretty crazy times where you're like this was perfect. I needed this, you know, right when they're really just kicking you to the curb. I mean, it, it happens oh, more yeah. than you think. I mean, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I don't know how many different uh, thoughts go through your head. I mean, as, as you, a guide and myself, I, 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 the one thing that I should probably work on this year is not have my mind race in a million different directions. Cause it's pretty good at doing that. And even though I like to slow things down, whether it be the boat or just anything in particular, I, I just I just need to like almost collect myself during the day, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I got to work on because it's there's just so much to think about in the sport. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things. Like there's a lot of great knowledge in this podcast, you know? That's a lot to like almost take in at once. I don't know. Yeah, you know, but what, what
3: I would say on this too, Gus, like if you're not feeling that throughout the day, multiple right. times throughout the day, that means you don't care. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, and yeah, it's slowing it down. Yeah, it's important, but your mind should be thinking 10,000 different scenarios at one time, you know, of yeah. how to get a pattern together, and this and that, but also be true to yourself knowing that you're doing it 100%. Like I am doing this, mm-hmm hundred percent the way i should be doing this right now and if you have any doubt about it then you make those decisions you don't wait to finish the spot before you think about changing a bucktail out because you think there should be another bait in the water you change that bait out right away you know Mm -hmm. and
0: you know i get it i get where you're
3: coming from but at the same time if you start not thinking that way there's plenty Mm -hmm. of people out there that'll take you out in a boat and not think that way and they'll take your money at the end of the day and just say well better luck next time see ya
1: true true (laughs) yeah that is that is true i mean it just shows the the passion that we have for the sport like just how much we want our clients to get on a fish you know they might not see it because these are thoughts in our heads but you know that's that's what we're definitely doing out there on a day-to-day basis have you ever tried yelling at them no, I'm not yeah. a yeller. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I, I yell- would suggest that. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> he just, no. He saves it all for Brian and I. <laughs> yeah, say, you're not a yeller,
3: huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that is true. Yeah, when the poor buddy's under the boat,
1: it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. These two guys on the podcast, yeah, I'll yip and yap at them all day if I have to. <laughs> That's a no brainer, sure. right there. But no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, we can't thank you enough coming on another recurring guest. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have you on during the season. If you have time, I know things get a little busier for you. So maybe we'll, um, we'll ping you during small season or something. If you can make a few more hours for us, we'd always appreciate it. Dude, anytime. Uh, I love,
3: I absolutely love chatting with you guys. Like these conversations just get lost and it's not lost in a bad way. It's, <laughs> It's fun shooting the shooting the stick with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I I also uh, I remember you telling us a little bit about the chip flowage back when we talked in September. It was a week before the the championship, and yeah. everything everything you said pretty much rang true. There was man, it was that was an interesting body of water, and I don't want to to keep keep going on too long here, but interesting body of water, and there was a bass tournament going on during the world championship.
4: And, oh wonderful!
0: Oh my god was there a lot of boats flying around out there at the same time that you know, <laughs> you know and it's at that point you know you're kind of in it it's higher stakes or whatever but then the bass guys are doing their thing and you got the recreational fall boaters out there and holy shit i mean it was a beautiful body water i loved every minute of it kind of uh we had some struggles there but um yeah holy shit you were spot on with your uh, analysis there the chip footage
3: it makes uh it makes a big big lake fish really small doesn't it <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> when true. you got
3: all that going on
1: there's truth in that for what? sure um yeah. i'll also just who cares? Little... you guys
3: freaking nailed it this year congratulations how cool is that
1: thank you yeah
0: yeah thanks really
1: uh
3: well deserved that's awesome that's that's not easy going to that many bodies of water and being consistent
0: uh, well, let me tell uh, you
3: that is that is
0: not easy certainly uh certainly all came together in the last few minutes <laughs> on the second day. We were that's all the it matters. Ads,
3: but that's <laughs> all that flipping matters i heard about it it was <sighs> such a cool story on how it happened the
1: old it would you wanted to suit. happen
3: any other way I, just feel I like know. absolute uh, dog crap for a day and a half and then that happens <laughs> i mean
1: a musky in the first day would have been nice like uh, the fact that know. we
0: had a follow in the first like three minutes and then just had heartbreak after heartbreak for the next day and a half but yeah you're right i mean i i don't think i would have had it go any other way because there was no shot in hell we were gonna win that tournament with you know what what happened um it just wasn't we we weren't we weren't it just on wasn't the pods, there no. yeah we weren't on we weren't on the fish like we we quickly found out we weren't on the bite and we didn't want to chase it and so yeah i guess for it to happen the way it did was pretty cool just that like we felt pretty much down and out and then and then it worked out but yeah we were never going to win that tournament it just it's one of those fisheries man that that's a diverse body of water that's uh that's a crazy
3: it is crazy it is lake. it's fun though it is definitely a fun little lake or
4: big lake <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah all right well, well uh I I just go. did a I just did a little research uh while we're wrapping up here for any new listeners here tune back into episode 21 from September 21st 2023 where we had Michael on for the first time. So if you're looking, we, you know, we just dove right into it tonight, but if you're looking for a little more background and, and his guiding and everything that's there in that podcast, so highly recommend that one, but yeah, can't thank you enough, Michael for coming on before we let you go. You want to give a, some quick plugs for the guide service website, phone number page, all that stuff.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my guide service is Namakagan area guide service. I guide in six different counties across Northwestern Wisconsin. Um, also a couple times in Minnesota, if you're interested in that, but, uh, you can contact me on my cell phone at area code 608-695-9073. My email is hanson.michael608 at gmail.com. And, uh, if you want to take a peek at the fish that we're catching up here in Northwestern Wisconsin, you can hop on my Instagram, which is muskiehunter21. Um, I usually load um, all my uh nice fish pictures up on that one. So if you care to choose, you know, care to see what we're catching up in Northern Wisconsin. But yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on again. Give me a call anytime. I could talk about muskies with you guys any day. One of these yeah, days, we'll have to meet up and talk muskies and have some beers.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll see you this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. This is great. Right. Oh, yeah. The road rules. Oh yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. So. We probably I... shouldn't
3: shotgun a beer before that, eh?
1: <laughs> no. might be just what you need. <laughs> no, no. Well, well, I'll have a couple cold ones just in case. It'll be a game time decision. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, it's mostly sipping on brews that type of day, so... Yeah. <laughs> not shotgunning.
0: But uh
3: get your mind out of Wisconsin sports, Michael. Yeah. No <laughs> shotgunning beers.
0: <laughs> yeah, tough end for the Packers this year. We touched on it in one of our pods. So sad. No, man. But <laughs> <It's still laughs> so still sweet season, but god damn it. I'm just really
3: pissed <laughs> off. I have to cheer for the Chiefs right now because I will not cheer for the Niners. They've yeah. broken my heart way too many times growing up. It started in 1998.
2: I hated here, them. Here are the
0: things that I will be cheering for in the Super Bowl. I will be cheering for the coin toss. I will be cheering for the <laughs> national anthem
2: time limit, the length
0: of the <laughs> national anthem. And I will be cheering, uh, let's see, what other bets can I make that don't involve Gatorade me? color? Gatorade color. I'll be cheering probably for maybe a blue Gatorade or a red Gatorade this year. What's the um, thing they call for total points uh, between each team, maybe? I mean maybe, but then I you gotta am, watch the game. Yeah, I am so <laughs> pissed about the matchup in this Super Bowl this
2: I year. am too. Lousy wow, NFL, horrible script. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe if there's Ugh. like an over under on how many times they show Taylor Swift, I'll hammer the over on that one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Get my retirement fund out. Yeah. There you go. I all hope right. it's over, man. She ain't bad to
3: look at. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's true. You she is not away. bad to look at.
2: Better her than both the teams, I guess.
0: Yeah, better than her than, like, when they show the, the owners up there, like Jerry Jones just sitting in his box being all pissed off or something like
3: that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come up to my neck in the woods. You'll be thrilled to see a, a picture of Taylor Swift on any TV at any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime guaranteed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. As Midwesterners,
1: should we talk about the weather quick before uh, we say goodbye? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Been warmer than normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Just crazy how warm it's been, eh? Oh, nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
2: nuts.
3: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I hope all this ice goes away.
1: (laughs) it oh, will wow. it will
3: we'll see the people the real people who pull their boats out right away no <laughs> yeah
1: i already yeah. made the mistake of putting my away too early so i'm i'm not gonna make that mistake getting it out too late i'm getting it out i've early.
3: said this quote since 2014 2013 whenever i owned my first boat it was always utilized never winterized. there i you like go. that
0: <laughs> there I you like go that. Michael, we can't thank you enough for coming on again. We will uh, definitely check in with you here before the start of the season, hopefully, if uh, schedules work out. But other than that, we'll see you at some shows. You and Gus will have a good time on Saturday. Best of luck on your presentations. I'm sure they'll go swimmingly. Um, But, yeah, let's have some beers at some shows and uh, talk some more muskies.
3: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again, guys, for having me on. Had a blast.
2: Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Anytime.
1: Can't thank Michael enough for coming on here tonight to chit chat muskies here, uh, during this winter day that we got. And, uh, yeah, we really tackled some great topics there. You know, we, we got on some tips for late, late fall, you know, some, some odd fishing times that people aren't, uh, used to being able to do in the North woods or really anywhere in Wisconsin because of the weather, the, uh, the changes of, of the, uh, seasons for muskies going to December 31st now statewide, but, uh, it was a great chat. Uh, definitely dial this one back up, save it in your, uh, in Spotify or Apple or whatever you use for podcasts to dial back up on, you know, October 1st of 2024. So, uh, with that being said, what did you boys take away from there? Who wants to start? Max, Brian.
2: Um, uh, I will just say, you know, I took away mainly his enthusiasm for the sport. I mean, we talked to a lot of absolute musky nuts, but I mean, Michael's probably at the top of the list for me in terms of most passionate in the game. I mean, that dude just lives and breathes musky. Uh, it sounds like he fished pretty much every day that water was open this year and for like 13, 14 hours a day, <laughs> sleeping on the water. Um He's, he's pretty crazy. Hopefully we can get out and fish with him this spring. Um, you know, his energy is pretty contagious in that sense. But uh, he did spark my interest with his uh, beaver modifications. Got me thinking about trying to rig one up. Maybe when I come up there uh, to ice fish in February, I'll have some supplies on me to do some mods live. Um, but I think that little... I don't. What kind of weight did he have? Do you, you remember off the double,
1: uh, he double said, uh, swivel? Like throwing on an extra split ring or two in the front. Yeah, two split and, rings, and then and like a, a like a bell sinker, you yeah. know that that you can just attach, dangle extra low that would smash into the plastic head of the beaver, which was interesting because like yeah. the only noise the beaver makes is the clanking of the jointed body, and it's almost like you're adding an extra bead you know like you have a crankbait with one bead rattling back and forth and then you got some where there's like freaking four in there rattling back and forth that's kind of that was interesting that was a good yeah that was a good tip right there that was a good thing to try for sure
4: yeah i'd
2: like to rig it up i know like if i do do that and and maybe mob the tail of it a little bit with a blade or something i'm just gonna want to dunk it in the lake and see what it looks like i'm not gonna be able to do that so it might be a little double-edged sword there but uh We'll see. I'd like to get it done. But, Max, how about you? What'd you take away?
0: Well, hopefully, we don't have open water for our uh, ice fishing bender competition at the end of yeah, February. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> at this rate, who freaking knows? Uh, well, I learned that he was uh, an academic uh, genius, 4.0 <laughs> student at Stevens Point. So that was uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, pretty, you know, you think about it, you know. Um, that, was, Not uh, many that could was a say that. Story. Yeah, that was a that was a funny story. Um, but yeah, no, just overall, I always really like chatting with Michael. I mean, we talked on our uh, first time we had him on. He's a guy that we've you know listened to on or I guess watched and listened to on YouTube for a while with today's angler. Um, so always cool to kind of check in with him and chat muskies. I uh, agree, Brian. I think it's passion for the sport is definitely contagious. Um, so that's uh yeah, that's great. I that, that's pretty much the takeaway. I mean, just had a really good time chatting with him, looking forward to having him back on. Um, and uh, you know, good to I guess looking forward to meeting him in person at some of the shows and you know, looking forward to hearing how the uh the Moussenea Road Rules event goes uh this weekend. Gus, what about you? What was your takeaway? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think
1: I think that's that'll be the Yeah, I haven't met Michael in person, so I'm really looking forward to uh uh seeing him this weekend at the Road Rules event. And speaking there and listening to him speak as well as Greg and, and Nate in that one. So from Michael's, I got to say when we were talking about the sucker fishing, that was really interesting how he's he was, you know, kind of like how I am, go really really slow with the sucker fishing sounded like he raised him up higher than normal. So he probably fished the suckers lower, which is kind of what I do keep them close to the bottom. And he said to go fast. That was not one thing that we did. Uh, Cause I kind of broke it into two categories where it's like sucker fishing, you know, stick and stay, make them pay on a spot where you know, the fish are or I trolled where I just would cover ground. It's almost like he put two and two together Hey, let's use suckers quick. Keep them up high. Make these muskies make that decision to eat them or not. Uh, I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. I think that's something that we're gonna have to try. There's so many tricks with the sucker fishing. I mean, and just is like a, rigging. You think it's yeah. You think it's as simple as just tossing a hook and you know the quick strike rig on a sucker, putting it down with the sinker, going along whatever edge you're on. It's definitely not. There's there's some other like tricks, just like little fine details there that uh, add up to getting a bite. Because you can very easily go a day, two days longer without a bite, even though you got one or two suckers back every single day you're out. So I found that interesting. I'm definitely gonna take that into consideration next season. So as always, Michael gives up some some pretty pretty awesome uh knowledge. So, I hope everybody really enjoyed that interview we we really did as well. So, uh yeah, I think uh I don't think there's too much more to be to talk about. We already got the uh road rule stuff. After that, we'll probably discuss about Milwaukee Muskie Expos coming up pretty soon mid mid February. update. Don't, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no I don't, I don't have them in hand, but the hats are not in yet. I'm looking forward to the hats. Um, as you all saw on our Instagram, if you follow us there, the Muskies on Tap Instagram, we threw up a poll with hat colors and colorways. Uh, they're ordered, and they're on their way. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. We got that just in time so that they can arrive before, crossing my fingers, before Milwaukee Muskie Expo, and bringing those in person to uh, sell to all the all the people there, the listeners, new hopefully new listeners that we pick up, and I'll have those at all the three shows that I'm going to: uh, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, and Wausau. So I really look forward to uh, walking around there and meeting some of you guys and gals, and you know just chatting. Chatting muskies, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, had a nice little break from kind of, you know, not doing too much musky things, and now it's now it's really on the mind. You know, I'm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what Colors? Did
0: we go with for the hats? We went
1: with five. I got five different colors. So wow. the coyote brown, the camo, the heather gray, the charcoal gray, and moss green. No shortage of options there. I think they all look great. I probably will be definitely wearing the camo one a lot. I'm a big time camo dude. I was definitely impressed with the Coyote Brown. I think that was the most popular. I don't see that color hat around too much. So I think... Brian, what color are you going with?
2: I got to see him in person first. I like the looks of the camo online, but we'll see. I Mainly got to figure out which one fits my mel the best. They mm-hmm. all fit a little different.
0: But you got that uh pencil head,
2: dog. You got that last button snapback head, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got some late night chirps going on here. You
0: got that head that hasn't grown since middle school, Uh-oh. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs>
1: oh we're really looking forward to the hats the uh the mod hats are gonna be a a sweet addition we'll be repping we'll be walking around with those and same with the hoodies and stuff so uh any anyways let's uh quick plug the uh the socials here if you guys want to uh take part and watching some reels, some posts that we put up. We got the uh, Muskies on new, Tap Instagram page. We new got, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I was getting there. We got a new segment every, uh, I believe, Monday. We're going to be tossing out the uh, bait of the week. You know, baits that we really enjoy throwing. Uh, maybe it might be a bait that we're looking forward to throwing. Maybe we never have uh maybe it's one that we want to get back into just something like that so uh we 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 already got some good feedback on the first one we put out the uh the seven nine trigger from musky mayhem in good time right after the interview with austin wiggerman he kind of reminded us how much we really love that bait
0: yeah don't be afraid to, to tell a friend go follow the page listen to the pod. You know, if you just stumbled across us in the past few weeks, we've definitely picked up a few new followers. So spread the word. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be continuing to post the content on the page. We're going to try to do our best here to up our game on Instagram. It's kind of all still new to us. Um, so we're trying to brainstorm some ideas on things to do, what to post. I know Gus has got a lot in the arsenal video-wise from last year that, we'll be cooking up here shortly um but uh brian and i will be trying to do some behind the scenes brainstorming on some different things that we can throw up there so appreciate everyone that uh has followed along podcast instagram merch all that good stuff we uh can't thank you enough and all the messages you know that's brian and i on the, the ig so if you are asking guide-specific stuff, I would say to probably direct those uh, questions or things to Gus's Instagram, which I'm sure he'll give out here shortly. But if you just kind of want to chop it up about the pot or whatever, be happy to do that. And like to get back to everybody, and all the messages mean a lot, so uh, appreciate it all. Yep,
1: we appreciate all the listeners, and uh, if you're still sticking around here at this point one more favor that we'd like to ask you if you could go on whatever streaming platform you're on and give us, give us a rate. We'd, uh, we'd love a review, a, uh, uh, on the podcast. That would mean a lot, you know, I think on Spotify. Yeah. Spotify, you can like swipe up and leave comments. We always enjoy reading those. We've had quite a few, um, from, from older podcasts. Those are fun to uh, read as well. (laughs) So uh yeah when I mean, with that being said I got my own Instagram account Suggs Fishing and Facebook Suggs Fishing Guide Service if you want to book a trip get a hold of me on one of those socials or my website www.suggsfishing.com uh really looking forward to this 2024 season and it's going to be a good one I'm uh yeah I just can't say enough good things even though it's still january february of of this year but we're really looking forward to it so we'll uh we'll wrap this one up here tonight brian you want to take us away got an outro for us here
2: all right ladies and gentlemen the time is coming we already know who's going to be in the big game the chiefs and the 49ers who gives a fuck what about this super bowl (laughs) let's see the third place game lions ravens we got to get that thing aired somewhere because nobody wants to see taylor swift all freaking night thank you guys for listening to this episode let's hope (laughs) for some colder weather heads everybody get out there on the lake this winter peace